When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And welcome back to Mads World. I'm your host, Mads, and I hope you've been enjoying season 10 so far. If you're new here or if you've just been enjoying the show, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from, as it's the easiest way to help out the show. Or just find me on social media, share it everywhere, and tell all your mates about it. This week, I'm joined by performer, writer, and creative Lily Burton. An executive committee member for Abortion Rights UK, Lily is aiming her slingshot at no-go social constructs with song, comedy storytelling, and of course, she loves to throw in some dance moves too. We caught up just as Lily was hot off the heels of her debut show at this year's Edinburgh Fringe Festival called All Aboard at Termination Station, a comedy cabaret about her personal experiences of abortion. In this episode, we chat about Lily's comedy journey, finding balance in creating a comedy show centred around abortion, how she hopes the show will contribute to the wider conversation of reproductive rights, backlash she's received as a result of the show, her personal challenges when creating a show around such a sensitive subject, and so much more. Trigger warning for this episode, there is in-depth discussion about abortion, reproductive rights, and sexual assault. Hello, Lily. Hello. How are you? (laughs) I am good, thank you. I am well. I'm alive after Edinburgh Fringe. (sighs) Oh, I'm glad to hear it. I'm sure it was a wild ride. Um, Tell me all your highlights from your time up at the Fringe. Oh, my goodness. Um, So, definitely. So, I work for, um, as my, like, boring muggle day job. (laughs) Um, I work uh, for a restaurant group uh, called Mm -hmm. Hawksmoor and they're like fancy steak place. Yeah, love Hawksmoor. So um, there's one in Edinburgh. (laughs) So basically I felt like I was queen of the fringe, just like, you know, had a bad day going to Hawksmoor, had a good day going to Hawksmoor. My friends had a good day, take them to Hawksmoor. So... Like, as much as it was the duality of living a complete student life of mainly, like, pot noodles, chicken burgers and Mm -hmm. self-loathing, I randomly had, like, this counter kind of bougie lifestyle that I led (laughs) as well. I've never eaten so much steak. Um, At least you had some steak to, like, get you through. I feel like I had a steak yesterday at Flatiron, which is honestly my favourite restaurant ever. Mm. It's so good. The hollandaise, no, not hollandaise, the Bernays sauce, creamy spinach i don't know what they put in that creamy spinach crack it is yeah. so good it's so good but babe, oh. so i've got to say like i'm no i'll take you to hawksmoor if you like yes. flat 
come really? and I get and I get now you're going to get those people writing in you need to be friends with me now but I'll say this yes. I get 50% off all food so stop it Oh, you would have been the most popular girly up at Fringe. I know, I love really felt that. like I was. And it was just like <laughs> on a savage day as well, just going and having like the strongest martini that basically makes you go blind in one eye. Like, wow. <laughs> you're like, <sighs> <laughs> you know how Carrie Bradshaw's like Brilliant. really classy with her martini. Like, mm. yeah. like I'm literally like, <laughs> 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 but still like, I will, I will drink it, obviously. <laughs> so good. Well, I've got a couple more speed date question rounds for uh, speed date questions in speed date question round for you god that really felt like a tongue twister even though I do this every week um but I'd I'd love to know what is your favorite recent pop culture moment I'm just obsessed with Hunsnet and like it I feel so fucking seen on that on that page and I I just I can't I like it brings genuinely brings me so much joy and I think Mm -hmm. in a world of social media where it can sometimes be hard to find that it's so good. And, like, do you know what? And I feel like I talk about Maddie Healy far too much on this podcast from the 1975, but I saw this one this week with Denise Welsh and she was just humbling him so much. Like, basically he was saying something about, like, how he had to work at a coffee shop, like at a Cafe Nero to, like, afford his lifestyle as, like, a musician when he was up and coming. And she went on, like, daytime TV and was just, like, Guys, he literally worked at Cafe Nero for a week and me and um, <laughs> me and Tim, like his dad, just like housed him, housed his friends, clothed them, fed them, like gave them everything and then he pretended to work at Cafe Nero for a month after and he told his mum he got an award for best ever barista and he just no. made it up. No, that is so like so- – <laughs> so embarrassing like, I know that's the kind of thing when you like when you're at school and you're at the summer holidays and you've got work experience you're like oh, and yeah. I got the best award um yeah the zookeeper no you weren't a zookeeper Alan you didn't even go like that's you were that giving kind. mealworms to a meerkat and yeah. it didn't even eat them exactly like, what? oh that's, that's so, so good I love I love obvious lies like there's something so funny about when someone's telling you a lie and you know it's a lie and it's only it's not a hurtful lie it's just like it's just like a white lie like in school if someone comes back after summer holidays and they're like yeah had had sex with the girl down yeah. the coast and everyone's like oh what's her name and he's like oh you wouldn't know her she goes to a different <laughs> school and she doesn't have Facebook <laughs> Oh my god! I remember when we when you do. Yeah, she doesn't have Facebook. She doesn't use computer. She yeah, doesn't. she doesn't have any social media, and you would have never have heard of her. And also, you're in year seven, and you're like twelve, and this guy's like, "Yeah, I had sex." You're like, "No, you no, didn't. You didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. You won't like." You're like, "I see you. You won't even like yeah. brush up a neck next to a girl in the queue into science. Like, you're not having sex." And then also <laughs> the thing. The thing about it is, like, it was AOL Messenger for us, though. Come on, oh, MSN. That girly. web app, I, I flash my tits to so many on on one eyes on there. And you know what I saw the other day? It was actually on TikTok, so it's come full circle, is the Winx from MSN, and it was like that little cartoon smashing the guitar, big (laughs) kiss that's like, like all of the like, they're like wings and they moved. And I watched them all. I was like, this is like some sort of sensory experience where I'm hearing it, I'm seeing it, and I'm like, I'm, I am 14, racing home from school just to go on the computer and sit there and go online and offline so that my crush will notice me in his corner of his screen. 
And wasn't it so weird that there was just like the one computer that we all had? So like you've got yeah. your filthy teenage daughters and your like grubby teenage sons all just yeah. fighting over there to fucking get some. Like, and for us, it was like us being like, mm, so like John, like, mm, like, do you fancy me? Do you want to be my boyfriend? Like all of that stuff. And then basically if they said yes, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to show you my boobs. <laughs> I was, I honestly, I thought I was Jodie Marsh in a hot minute for the first <laughs> I used to love oh. doing that. And then teenage boys were just looking up hardcore porn because they're disgusting. It's so funny. And it's like the family computer. And I even remember like dial up. So like your dad would be like, get off the internet. I need to use the phone. And you're like, my conversation. <laughs> God, it was so good. You also mentioned to me before this, um, which is something no one has said yet in their favourite pop culture moments, was Girls 2013. And do you mean the TV show, like the Leonard Dunham TV show? Because that was an era. That was like. It was. Yeah, that was such a sleigh. And it was like the first of its kind because I think now there's so much, like even in the era of Barbie and stuff, there's just so much great female produced TV and like comedy but that back then, that was like a real pioneering HBO program. For oh women. yeah, that was like a that was a little kick in the face for everybody that I think was so overdue, and mm-hmm. it was the yeah. and it was just centering, centering somebody that didn't fit the stereo type whatever that we've been perceived perceived to be normal in terms of like body image, and then mm. on top of that like just having four characters that were all essentially dickheads. And yes. I loved the fact that we didn't like any of them. And and for women, yeah. it's, it was the whole thing of, I think for female characters, it's all about like the virtuoso of like being, mm-hmm. being like a mother or a girlfriend or a partner mm. or, you know, all of them. These women were just four women and all of them were kind of immoral knobheads. And that was the best thing when you're like, sitting with your group of girlfriends and you'd be like who are you who am I but it was like you were all of them and different parts of all of them like no one was all um Hannah like the main girl like no one was all Shoshana it was like you had annoying bits of each of them yeah in your personality and you didn't really want to be any of them yeah like, yeah and if you, someone was like your Marnie you'd be like that's so offensive I'm like oh <laughs> no one's not if. Ugh. <laughs> I've been with my boyfriend for six years and we haven't had sex in the last <laughs> last year only, okay? But that that relationship was so toxic. But also, because obviously with Sex in the City, like, I don't everyone just wants to be Samantha, right? Mm-hmm. But also Sex in the City, I mean, just whilst we're on the topic of uh, New York-based uh, TV drama, dramas. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a TV drama? No, that makes I, it sound like... It's not, a, it's not a sitcom. It's not a comedy. I guess it is a drama. It's yeah. just like, just in the middle. No one wants to be Carrie Bradshaw after like season like Mm-mm. three or something because then yeah. she just turns into a massive asshole. <laughs> massive asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like, oh my god, I really want to be Carrie. Look, look at her flat, look at her shoes, and then you're like, oh no, like you're horrible. But what they've done with it now is so bad. It's so bad, but I'm kind of like I can't look away. Like it's a car crash, and I'm I'll put it on and I'm watching it. I'm like, why this is like. I can't. It's, it's like if you got ChatGPT to write a program, if you said, can you please butcher Sex in the City and make it pseudo-woke and make it so <laughs> everyone hates it but they can't stop watching it. And then ChatGPT was like, I know exactly, exactly what, what you mean, babe. I got you. 
<laughs> I'm on it. Yeah, I'm on it, Dean. Sorry. <laughs> who needs so those good. writers, Sag? <laughs> you got me. Yeah. Who needs writers? <laughs> yeah. Strike, oh, strike. <laughs> and speaking of creativity, what has been your biggest creative failure and what did you learn the most from through this? Ooh, I would say so. I think my the failure is actually taking myself as seriously as I should be as an artist because okay I think when I consider myself in a performance space because it feels like an unobtainable career because it's so difficult to Mm -hmm. uh because it's so competitive and also it's financially so cost worthy and Mm -hmm. that tends to fall on the backs of the artists especially in the UK at the moment there's just such a huge lack of funding Mm -hmm. um and especially for like live performance stuff as well yeah so yeah it feels it feels like I so I'm like oh I'm not really an artist like I don't know like I'm not really like I didn't Mm. I didn't just I sometimes find it hard to fully embrace who I truly am which is a performer and just and by doing that, I think I talk myself out of getting the support and the things that I need. So I think for me as an artist, mm. it was actually really reevaluating my self-worth and value as a creative and actually being like, no, mm. bitch, take up space. You are you are allowed and are warranted to be serious about what you want to do. You don't yeah. have to make serious work, but you know take it you know take yourself seriously that's what yeah I definitely got from this it's so weird that you say this because I was literally speaking with my therapist about this this morning it's sort of like this imposter syndrome that all women not all women but most women get that I think maybe it's not a barrier that men would come up against because a lot of men might feel that they deserve those Mm. like step ups and and that help like obviously having a having the podcast and then all the things that come with that, like, you know, graphic design or social promotion or like reaching out to guests that I want to have on the podcast or even things like, oh, forcing myself to make TikToks when I really don't want to do it. But it's mm. like, you just have to do it. It's like, I, there's, there's this like sense of doubt and, um, it, yeah, imposter syndrome, I guess, about, it, it, am I good enough? Like, is this, is this work worth doing? Like, should, like, how seriously can I take it when it comes to that versus my, as you said before, your muggle career? Yeah. You know? It's like, <laughs> it's sort of like, I wonder if, I wonder if men, um, especially like white, cis, straight men feel those same barriers that we would feel when, especially in comedy, like women in comedy, I'm mm. assuming there's less female comics, just like there's less female podcasters, you know, like when, everything you see around you is shining a light on the other side of things that, yeah, I wonder if they do come up against those same challenges. Well, I think something that I found really interesting about Edinburgh Fringe was about a lot about solo performance, going to see a mixture of both men and women and what mm-hmm. uh, I what the general takeaway that I got from that is, wow, what women feel like they have, what women expose in order to feel like they're worthy of taking space um it felt really like a gender disparity that women consistently were deriving a lot of their stories around traumatic experience and trauma and trauma mining Mm -hmm. and I saw a lot of shows about sexual abuse rape um and also the and and also other aspects of of being a woman in terms of in societal structures and the inequalities but all deriving from real places of pain mm. um and also you know again it, it's pitting 
a perception of of women that we feel like we have to in some way have, have experienced something traumatic or in some way it was almost like be a victim of to be mm. allowed to be able to be here and talk about ourselves in this way mm. that I can take up an hour of your time mm. and for men it was like there's a dude fucking around with a ball for an hour yeah <laughs> he's just fucking around with a ball okay <laughs> Okay, cool. Wow, that sounds really good. I'd really like to go and see that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh God. Oh, he's, he's just, wow. <laughs> oh, he's just dicking around with his microphone stand for an hour. Okay. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally know what you mean. It's sort of like you have to earn your place to be able to have a voice. Like if you – and so many people out there and especially men have – they're like, I want to start a podcast and there's no reason why they don't have, they're not an expert in any field. They're not very funny. <laughs> they don't know anything about anything. They're just like, people deserve to hear my voice on things and yeah. what I have to say. And it's like, do they, or is that just what, like a sense of entitlement that you felt your entire life that you deserve everything that you want and you will probably succeed in it, which is fucking annoying. I know it's so annoying and like it's not to take away from the power of creating impactful work that comes from like cause-led cause-led stuff and meaning and I also mm. feel you know and there's some kind of sadness in the fact that we're not seeing uh men being as, as emotionally vulnerable or feeling yeah, able that's to so on true. stage but mm. at the same time it's this entitlement that mm-hmm. I I feel like there's a natural sense of yeah what men feel like they have to do in order to take space up is very minimal mm-hmm. and in comparison and like you said and like some you know I think there were very some like expose kind of shows or exposing shows out there at the fringe for mm-hmm. male performers but yeah it certainly wasn't in the near to enough the same volume and it just yeah it made me really think okay shit what do I want to do next mm-hmm. because it's almost like do I want to make the anti-show that's actually mm. going, looking and analysing this and looking at actually why this, why we behave like this? And and can I not just get off stage for an hour and like fanny around with a spoon? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like what's, what's, I don't know. There's yeah. something in that, I think, uh, yeah. th- that I definitely thought, hmm, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. And you mentioned before about the cost of being an artist. And I'd love if you could elaborate on this and how self-producing folds into this as well. Yeah. Okay. So I think I like split it in between. So there's like, um, there's like logistical aspect of time as mm. financial and then obviously emotional. So mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. terms of logistical, like we were talking about <laughs> the muggle job, the real yeah. job, <laughs> and also your creative work you know, a lot of us are having to stay in full-time employment. And actually, originally, I was very much working within hospitality hours to allow me kind of more freedom to be creative and write and stuff like that. Um, But actually, I felt like it inhibited my ability to then go on and perform stuff because obviously a lot Mm -hmm. of shows are evening shows, but a lot of Mm -hmm. uh, work or predominant work that happens in hospitality is during the evenings. Um, So I then moved into a nine-to-five role. Mm -hmm. And again, you're then kind of sacrificing the other element of you haven't got all the time in the day to kind of be let yourself go and be creative and it's a lot Mm -hmm. more like you're getting a lot more exhausted or potentially tired because those evening times your natural body clock is going Mm -hmm. but I've always I always have a slightly hospital um body clock and I am a bit more of a night owl and sometimes I actually do just sit up and write until like three o'clock in the morning 
because mm-hmm. it just feels like the world's switched off and no one's going to come and like I don't know yeah. why I assume anyone's going to come through my front door because that'd be no distractions <laughs> yeah. yeah but like yeah. you know I mean no distractions there mm. so that, I think in time and so time you're constantly just like ferreting being like and it's quite can be quite anxiety inducing because you're, you don't want to piss off your day day job mm. you also really want to give yourself to your creative job so you are sneaking in minutes and moments and and yeah you're never switched off. Like you're mm-hmm. never switched off from your creative brain, even if you're at work, because you're at work, you could just check a personal email you've got. And by mm-hmm. the way, like so much of self-producing and being a creative is mm-hmm. admin. Yeah. And that is not my forte. So honestly, same. It's so much oh, of podcasting babe. as well. It's like reaching out yeah. to sponsors, guests, like, mm. as I said before, like remembering to do social posts every day. And I'm like, oh, and also giving yourself the ick a lot of the time. Like I'm literally just putting myself out there and be and I keep expecting to get an email back being like how dare you ask me on your <laughs> podcast that is so embarrassing and I'm like oh. yeah, I know but you know what I mean it's just like this whole self-doubt thing and you're just like it's so you have to really believe in yourself and you have to just you have to get on top of that admin stuff every day it's very self-motivation is a huge part of self-producing like, and that mm-hmm. is hard to mm-hmm. pull off like it's hard to be consistent with Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Absolutely. I cannot agree with you more. Like, you've just kind of articulated exactly my, my feelings. I definitely, I'm definitely doing so definitely doing my show as well it takes another part of me and Mm. and myself to actually Mm -hmm. engage with it so you're doing as well as doing the show then you've got to talk about how great the show is all the time and and you're never actually being able to be because you know when you're a creative you don't want to be inhibited by the producing aspects of the work you want to make the work first then figure it out if you're self-producing you're constantly you've got this voice in your head that's going on what about this what about ticket sales what about this da, 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 da. yeah yeah and, yeah and actually it's made me really realize that if I were to 
so yeah talk, talk about so financially just the other two points but overall i would say what i definitely learned about the experience is that i wouldn't self-produce a month-long run again okay no. yeah from edit from the fringe <laughs> me yeah no 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 no, no. <laughs> no thank you um, because financially it's so crazy God, yeah. babe like that's yeah. If my grand didn't die when she did, I wouldn't have been able to go to the Edinburgh Fringe. And I've only got Aww. one left and she's just turned Bless 100. Her. And I don't want to, you know, she's made it this far. I don't want to. Wish... She's 100? Yeah, babe. My oh other my grand God. just turned 100. So I'm gunning for her Lit. to stick it out, right? Well Obviously, done Obviously, unfortunately, her. my other grand passed and I've not, I'm just got a wish death on another relative of mine now in order to oh. go next year. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But even oh, like, and without, so... And that was really unexpected. Like my poor nan that passed away, she lived the best of 20 years in a nursing home, throwing her bedpan at any guests that tried to walk in. Oh, and I thought, well, that's, you know, and that was where all of her money went. And the fact mm. that there was anything left for any of her grandchildren was, was frankly amazing. So mm. that amount alongside, without that amount and them being able to save, I wouldn't have been able to, but that was all self-funded, my Edinburgh Fringe. And that was, yeah, wow. I will say now was 13 grand yeah wow that's my life savings yeah and I guess it's like I just you, you, have it. To, you have to hustle all year for that as well and then it's like the hope that you know your work gets picked up and you sort of like put like I feel the same way like you're putting all this energy and and money into like hopefully eventually it starts like self-regulating and like you the money you're putting in is like gonna come, come back your back. way but then you're like god if I give up now then it won't so that is a good motivator I think but yeah it's just it's it's a lot it's a lot of pressure it's a lot of pressure and when you're self-funding so the self-funding aspect and also because like you said again the whole pressure of being self-producers that you've got to be Mm -hmm. really on it in terms of social media online Mm -hmm. opportunities and that's especially for things like awards and funding Mm -hmm. and I'm such I'm I had just the (laughs) worst I would be like clicking on it application closed yesterday and you're like no just like so many so many occasions like that when you're like oh my god why is everything inspiring yeah that's financial and then emotional in terms of self-producing because like I tapped in on it before but in terms of you creating your own work and your your uh investment in that and especially when it's around a subject matter that is potentially taboo shameful stigmatized Mm. um it takes a lot to even feel the capacity to be able to want to even use your voice in that subject area or the subject matter sorry so yeah there's a lot of emotional stuff that goes into it so yeah that's my um that's the cost of it all guys <laughs> yeah for sure and I'm, I'm really excited to chat about the themes that were in your solo show up at the fringe um and it's it's carrying on as well but before we jump into that I would love to know what is your funniest date story oh, God. so I was like fuck I can't really like I couldn't think of the last like proper date date so I'm yeah. just I generally just have kind of relationships with bad, messy endings oh, or go no. on field. Like, I don't... Field's I just... good. I think field's quite, like, honest. Like, it's nice and refreshing that everyone... Because on Hinge, everyone's like, oh, I'm looking for a long-term relationship open to short. Why lie? Why yeah, lie? Why lie? Don't oh, lie. My... They just want... I just want, like, a long-term casual relationship. Yeah. <laughs> what, like, what are you talking about? Dick? Um... <laughs> Um, no, so feel yes, the honesty, yeah. but then 
but but then with the honesty comes the absolute bravado it's a bunch of boring men that have subsidized their personalities with a kink and they that is such a good way to put it oh my god they all (laughs) just want to be very few like it's all dominance led physical it's very like harness strap ups choke down tit like I honestly sustained injuries from fear. Yeah, like, like you just want to hurt women, I think. Like really, I had one incident when they massacred my chest in such a way. Oh my so god! So he had a fetishization, and I can't remember what it's called now for cheating. So he fetishized cheating, and he was in an open relationship. So this is obviously the dream scenario for him. Okay. He said that his girlfriend was uh, on the app as well. I would go over to his house. We'd have sex. I didn't realize that he was like purposefully placing items of her clothing and things around the house that we would have sex on top of he tried to use her sex toys on me and because he said that she she didn't have as big a bust as me he used that as an excuse for when he annihilated so we're obviously in the throes of things and he basically squeezes down on my chest in such a way that I have like really extensive bruising all oh over me. Oh my god! And it wasn't only until the bruising started appearing a day a day or two later that I was like, oh, yeah, I remember. Like, and you had to, I had that to really rethink bad. the experience. Like, oh yeah, that was bad. Oh yeah, I actually remember asking him to stop. Oh, he clearly didn't. And you know when you, you feel like when you're having such a sensory experience like having sex right Mm. you know when everyone talks about consent Mm -hmm. sometimes it's really hard to remember to use your voice yeah and also you might feel like there's different ways of saying no that aren't verbal as well like maybe like it's reading someone's body language or but then also you feel like a sense of guilt that you didn't make it clear enough sometimes Mm. like like I, I didn't like that, but I thought you could tell by the way that my body was rigid or the way that I didn't say anything or I wasn't like responding, you know, but then it's like, yeah, you don't want to feel really like hard. you've not made it clear enough. But then, yeah, in, in those moments, using your voice can be, can be challenging because sometimes you might even not know that you weren't 100% into it until you think about it later and you look upon it like retrospectively. Oh my God. Like I am, that is like me in a nutshell. Like I mm. go into basically everything, go, <laughs> that, that could be conversations, anything. And then I walk away and I go, hmm, did yeah. I say what I meant? <laughs> oh, or when <laughs> you hang out with all your friends and then you leave and you're like, oh God, everyone hates me. Why did I say all those things? Yeah, and then right. like you're like waiting for this text to come through going, your behavior at lunch was really <laughs> weird. Disrespectful. And it doesn't come through, but you're like, your anxiety's like, any minute now, it's going to disown you. You're like, oh, shit. so that's generally like how I feel like I approach most things so that was so that was that kind of field experience and so Frank like I was getting all kinds of like stuff being like I mean I'm consenting to all of it but there was a point like so I was doing like bondage stuff like rope stuff and it'd always be with you know and pegging and things like that like uh so it would always be that everyone is super privileged and everyone thought and the way that men would like present the idea of pegging to me and he's like mm-hmm. I just think like I've never done this before but <laughs> I really want you to and I was like what the fuck 
Like, I just feel like this is in some way like a subversive, like, insult to, like, me, like, no one else yeah. wants to touch my asshole, but I know you will. I know I'm you like, will. And it's like you have been selected to be <laughs> my learning experience. My little butt plug. Ta-da! Like, wow, I'm so lucky. Oh. Like, yay. And I did it and I won't be doing I did it twice and I won't be doing it again, honestly, because of the knees. Kills oh. your knees. And yeah. I'm such a pillow princess. I was like, why have I done this? Like, Ow. what am I? Like, why, why am I out of breath? And I'm just looking at your stinky little butthole. I don't like, like it. <laughs> just let me lay on the bottom and do nothing, please. That's my kink. Missionary. Yeah. Oh, babe. By the end of it, I was like, you know, all I want now is I just want a man, a man to look me in the eye. And, and like do me missionary because it was getting to the point where I was getting like strung up like a caterpillar cocoon on these like mad like rope things and they would just go and have a wank in the corner and just leave me dangling and you're there like, like a, a, like a, a ham on the roof yeah. hanging from a net yeah, because they were always such rich pricks they'd have like great like panoramic views of like the oh. London like, oh look they're from tonight <laughs> We're inside the London Eye. <laughs> I was like swinging around. <laughs> oh, I can see Big Ben from here. Like, oh, fucking hell. Um, oh, God. It was ridiculous. So, yeah. <laughs> Loved it. What a wild yeah, ride. I feel wild. like we talked about 5,000 things just there. It was very serious. Then it was very silly. And then it was very weird. Yeah. So. That's <laughs> dating. Yay! <laughs> I saw this funny TikTok and it was like, this girl was like, does anyone feel like they're born in the wrong era? And this guy stitched it. He's the funniest comedian ever. I can't remember his, oh, it's Brett Nordstrom or something. And he was like, girly pop, do you think anyone here likes being on dating apps? No yeah. one wants to be out here. I wish everyone on I've matched with on a dating app was dead. <laughs> I was like, so true. true. Because it's like with a dating app, you're like, for <laughs> well, the precious time, the precious goddamn fucking time that I'm not trying to self-produce my ass and like, like ah. I'm already trying to sell myself so much oh. as a creative that yeah. any time that I get free, I don't want to have to replicate that idea of selling my sweet ass to oh, a bunch no. of unworthy men who I know when I meet Harry or James at cocktail <laughs> or bar. Charlie. Or, or Charlie. Tom. Or Tom. That <laughs> they are going to be subpar company. And I wish I'd just yeah. gone and had a drink with my mates. Honestly. And, I- and it's like, yeah, you have to spend so much of your life selling yourself, whether it's in the office or whether it's like yeah. even to your family, your extended family. Yeah, like it's a, it's a long, like just shut up and take my money. Like hinge, just yeah. set me. And then you do all of that and you get like one match. And I'm like, girly pops. What, what am I doing? The hell? And it's always my algorithm <laughs> on Hinge was so off key. I'd be matching oh, with people so from like ugly. I genuinely matched, and I don't know why there's two people in Clapham called Tybalt, but there are two <laughs> different individual men in Clapham called Tybalt. Okay, and I was like, what fuckery is my algorithm thinking that I'm some like Tory sadist? <laughs> who just loves like fucking Tory. Both- Tory sadist. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it's doing too like, much. <laughs> that just loves like boat shoes, no no socks, kind of like pink oh. shirt. See you on a yacht. I'm like, no, thank you. No. I want the fuck. Oh my I god! Was, I was that's so upset. Such an, that's such an iconic 
episode title, Tory Sadists. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for going through the speed date question round. Oh, yeah, we ended absolutely. up having a little bit too much fun in that round. It's gone oh, for no. 30 minutes. Oh, but God, sorry. I, I loved it. Um, but on a more serious note, but also in a more comedic note, can you tell me everything about your solo show, All Aboard the Termination Station? So when I heard the name of this show, I was very intrigued. I did not expect it to be about abortion and I was sorely mistaken. So please tell me everything about it and the inspiration behind your decision to create a show around reproductive rights and abortion. Like just tell me absolutely everything and I have so many questions to ask you. Okay, yeah, totally. So... (laughs) So, um, <laughs> Board Board was created uh, back in 2019, around about with the first sort of version of it. There's been, I'll explain why it's evolved and it's no longer the same show that it once was. Um, <laughs> um, so, basically, I had an experience when I was 19 years old. Um, that was quite traumatic. So, I basically... Uh, Uh, found out that I was pregnant and uh, went Mm -hmm. into complete denial and shock and um, mainly because I actually realized I had no idea what an abortion really entailed and what it was and Mm -hmm. it felt like something that was so fearful to me I just decided that I wasn't going to accept what was happening but with stuff like that you can't really not accept it's happening because it's definitely (laughs) happening it's gonna happen Um, it's gonna happen Um, yeah and it wasn't until the point where I threw up on the back projectile vomited on the back of my uh, boyfriend's mum's head um, while she was oh. making a bacon sandwich. No, I went, what? Mm, it's real, babe, isn't it? That's right. That, yeah, you can't. No, no, oh, it's happening. No. On her so, head. Yeah, on the back of her head, just boom. Wow. Um, wow. And so, and I can't, and I can't stand the smell of bacon ever since. And that's actually a, a something features in the show. So, amazing. Yeah. It, um. So I realized. So I realized I couldn't hide from it anymore. And then yeah. I went to obviously access um, an abortion. Um, I was much further along than I anticipated mm. um, and the outcome of obviously accessing the abortion was that I found nobody really wanted to talk to me about it and I'd never experienced that. I come from really liberal, open uh, family background in that sense. I'm really privileged that I feel like I'm totally able to speak uh, freely about anything that I want um, but for some reason my friends and my family and I'm and I don't think it was an intentional way to make me feel sh- sh- ashamed or mm-hmm. stick or any kind of stigma but they just didn't have the right tools to know how to talk to me about it yeah um and so I lived with a lot of pain because of that and then uh what happened is that I realized through doing when I through doing writers workshops and things like this that the story of that experience was the thing that kept repeatedly wanting to come out of me yeah I was like okay so you want to you want to talk about that I guess um Mm -hmm. and then what happened is repeal the eighth happened in 2018 Mm -hmm. and that opened up the public dialogue about abortion and then that led me into thinking okay I want to be a part of this conversation led me into wanting to create a show and I essentially went into the show into the making of the show thinking it was going to be a very serious piece of theatre because of mm. it being a serious subject matter. I thought I had to approach it with the same level 
of weighted sort of heaviness and seriousness. Yeah. Um, so I was writing like, you know, spoken word and I was assuming that, you know, like Katie Mitchell will be taking it to the national kind of like really thinking there's going to be some big kind of episodic drama. And I performed it and I just did a couple of like, um, you know, outside eye uh, readings of, of it to my friends and they all just sat there like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this is our <laughs> they were like, This is like, they were like, are you okay? Like, and then um, my friend just went, oh, Lily, do you, do you think maybe you could just like tell me what you mean? Like, what do you mean? Like, what does this yeah. mean? And then I yeah. started saying, talking to her and she started laughing. And I was like, oh my God, okay. It's going to be funny. So I was trying to run away from myself. And I think that's what you do, especially as a creative, like the one natural bit of habitat or space that you sit in that you're comfortable in or that you're good in or that you're good at is normally the one thing you're like, oh God, whatever. That's obviously like the worst from most rubbish thing to be out of all the things. I must be this. And you always try and catapult yourself in the opposite direction. Um, and actually it was actually about going, no, know what you're good at, what your skill set is, and then harness that. And mine's always been kind of more comedic performance. So that's what led it into that realm because I wanted to be able to feel comfortable in telling the story. Um, and that's where yeah. the truth and the honesty comes from is actually through the humour because that's how I feel like I can express my experience. Yeah, and, and humour is such a good tool for bringing those difficult conversations to the forefront and I think it allows people because like you said people weren't willing or they didn't have the words to speak about it with you yeah. when you were younger like it's it's a good way to open up those conversations and it's an accessible way to help people figure out how to articulate how they feel about certain things and how do you balance that fine line between humor and then obviously reproductive rights is such a it is such a serious issue like how did you find that balance I think it was it was the the task of it being like, how silly can I be? Like, okay, yes, it is a really serious subject. And I think yeah. the thing that it's rooted in personal experiences, it's actually taking my ownership of my story. This is about me. So mm -hmm. it's not being a spokesperson for reproductive rights as a whole. It's being an advocate for reproductive rights because of my experience. Mm -hmm. um, and that in itself feels like, you know, create, and that's why the show's linked to being creative activism is because mm -hmm. it it is essentially creating impact. But again, I'm not, um, I'm being able to push boundaries and push limits of the silliness and, and ridiculousness because it, mm. I'm the one that takes the hit in terms yeah. of the, the humor of it all. I'm not laughing at others experience, you know, and I'm not mm -hmm. taking away from, because there, there is a poignant, there is a poignant part of the show um, and it definitely it definitely climatically leads into a, like a more poignant point at the end. However, I find like sincerity in theatre um, has to be earned. Like you can't come mm. and like deliver loads loads of like trauma dumping or being really serious or like like directive. Like oh yeah, um, I was in a car crash and then my grand got raped. It's like coming out and saying that. It's just that's a reference to Summer Heights High Story. Yeah. <laughs> I you know, he's like walks it's in. because I'm Australian. You're just G. like, just hearing Jamae. <laughs> like, he's like, I don't, out of context. Yeah. Um, but it's so funny. Like, I love so that show. Good. Anyway. Yeah. But anyway, it's kind of like delivering all this like surrealist or whatever, like mm. coming on stage and being like, and then everyone died and I'm grieving. Yeah, yeah. It kind of doesn't leave anywhere to grow 
Mm -hmm. um but if you come in and you start messing around with with the ideas of things and you're actually giving it a funny lens and also the reason why i also wanted to do it is because being a woman is messy and chaotic having an Mm -hmm. abortion give me messy and chaotic i wanted to make a show that reflected that experience for me Mm -hmm. um and yeah not being a victim of my decision like i'm empowered as a woman to have this choice yeah um so that's also why i wanted to make it something fun and can you give us a glimpse of some of the like specific topics or angles that you explore through humor across the show obviously without totally spoiling it but yeah, yeah what what are the sort of thing the themes that you go into specifically so, in regards to your experience um access so i think a lot of it a lot of it is self of self stigma and shame um so it, you know and actually coming and confronting or having a conversation with the with the fetus or whatever you want to call it we actually there's you know I go inside myself and I meet them and it's oh that, wow you know and it's like and they're like um and, and I don't want to give too much away but it's yeah it's funny and it's really silly and I kind of uh I talked to somebody recently about about that uh in there I had they were doing um reference something like a doctorate and they wanted to talk up to people that have mm. made work about abortion and made art about mm. it um and she said oh why do you think you do that and I hadn't ever really thought about it and the reason is is that when I go and talk to you know whatever's inside me mm. um they're the one that actually gives me the tools to go and to find how I can get access because they mm-hmm they go yeah yeah you do it like this you you, I'll I'll find I'll take you kind of thing yeah and that was about accepting acceptance of you know knowing that I knew that what I did was right for them and the fact that they whatever they were are when yeah this is the right thing to do I'll help do it um so I think that was a that was something that I hadn't really even realized I was kind of broaching but I think that's sort of what that represents Mm. um and generally also about kind of in the the mentality of when you are pregnant and you do decide to have abortion have an abortion how women we're not like we don't put ourselves in a little glass box and shut ourselves away when we make that decision I I went out I got pissed I got fucked up when I was pregnant because I knew that the outcome was that I wasn't going to continue to be a pregnant person yeah so Also that, I bring that kind of, that aspect into the show as well. That's so fascinating. And I guess there's more, there's more to that than like I would have, I would have thought like there's so many other things that come into it that you wouldn't realize unless you know someone or you, you yourself have been through that experience. So I think, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting contribution to the discussion and speaking about um, the conversation surrounding reproductive rights and abortion and women's health how do you hope that the show impacts those conversations and have you received feedback from people that have come to the show or that they've changed their perspective on it or that you know they're going to go out and and have a a difficult conversations like what's the sort of feedback you're getting and and how do you see the show contributing to that wider discussion I've had amazing audience response so I had um somebody reach out to me he uh and his wife had a child and it really severely impacted their relationship and his mental health in a way that they were totally not prepared for or or expecting Mm -hmm. um to a point where he felt like 
incapable of being able to look after um, his daughter. And yeah, it was mm. it was becoming, you know, it had it had created in, an incredible detriment to his well being, basically. Wow, and yeah. he was, but you know, still very much in love and completely adoring his child and one and his wife as well. Um, but his wife recently got pregnant again, and they decided in order to be able to, you know, continue to work on what they were currently experiencing, they chose to have an abortion. And he said that he felt really a lot of shame and a lot of pain because he felt like because they they were in you know this supposed normal nuclear dynamic of man, wife, and child, we must have another child. Because, you know, that's the what we perceive to be normal. And actually, he said that, you know, seeing the show helped him feel less ashamed and and not that's amazing, you know, not having such feeling of. Yeah, of feeling, I don't know, lesser than guilty. Um, Yeah. 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 And then I've I've had uh, a lot of really beautiful uh, responses for and I had a man. So basically, I had another dude. um, I'm. I'm referencing the kind of male responses because I've actually mm. had a lot more than I anticipated and I also think it's yeah. nice to yeah to highlight that. I think it's quite meaningful too because when it, you know most women I feel like you can sort of imagine the response but for men mm. I think it's a bit more it's an area that I wouldn't know how to approach or I wouldn't be confident that they would be on the same page as me you know yeah we'll just get it and I had another so there's an annual protest that happens at abortion so I'm an executive committee member for abortion rights UK so the work that I've done with the show which is incredible Mm. essentially Mm -hmm. just um I help them do kind of comedy performance fundraising events um and have done that now for a few years and they're brilliant Mm. and um they uh do a protest every year so there's this awful protest that happens well there's this rally day that happens so the pro-life movement rents out the whole of parliament square it's a rentable mm. it's a rentable space in london and that goes to show how much ridiculous amounts of money they have all from yeah. the church and from american america from mm-hmm. american america the american states of america <laughs> the american states of america fucking shit up uh, for us women <laughs> um so they have this whole day and they have this oh whole god they have these floats and these stands and they go on this big pro walking protest all around central london and essentially mm. what abortion rights do is they do a counter protest so they um will counter their will counter this obviously and I on my last show I had loads of pro life well I had a group of pro lifers infiltrate my show um oh. and yeah it was a lot like oh they God. so they all bought tickets so more for them and yeah, what? Th- yeah it, they this is mad I yes. was gonna say what sort of backlash have you had or criticism but that's like <laughs> way beyond what I expected so they came in on my last show Edinburgh Fringe and it's quite mm. funny it, it was quite what you know this so just happened like just happened yeah. like in the yeah, last like month, two or- weeks ago. Yeah. Oh my god, are you okay? It was so weird, babe. Like honestly, I so I was in the show and they they paid. They sat down. Obviously, I wasn't aware of, yeah. of them even being in the room. Um, and then I do a whole false start. I do a whole false start. Ten minutes stand up, followed by like a song, mm. and then I say, "No, this, no, this is how the show begins." Mm-hmm. And then when I said that. On perfect cue, they all just banged up these huge um, blown up um, placards of (gasps) dead babies, which is fake imagery of uh, dead fetuses. 
Oh my god! And like, like they knew that you were going to do that, so they must have yeah, planned it. Was it was so, babe. Like it was so surreal. I That's honestly weird. was in my show, being like, "Did I? Have I planned this? Like in my last? <laughs> Did show? I organize Did that I? by accident? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they were all there, and they. It was really like so creepy. Um, yeah. Did you finish and- the show? Yeah, so they, so the audience, I kind of went in, you know, you go fight or flight mode. I went into mm. fight mode and I can't really remember it, but I just <laughs> went. So I did, this happened, placards went up and I went, oh, here they are, here they are, coming, oh! coming in here, um, oh. thinking, thinking you can, um, and, and I went like this, this is the reason why I do my show and I've only got one thing to say to you and that's get the fuck out. Whoa. I opened the doors to the theatre and I said, you need to leave. Um, and then I was taken away from the situation and then the audience went in on them. They're like, get the fuck out. Whoa. Everyone was screaming at oh them. We had to get security God. in. Um, Shit, mate. To like escort them out of the premise and then out of the venue or whatever. And then I was asked, obviously, do you want to continue the show? I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I, I think it's important yeah. that I do. Yeah, because otherwise they win, don't they? The audience, mate, when I walked back in, it was like a football pitch. They were like, yeah! Oh my god! What it a story crazy. for your friend. Was it your first fringe ever? Yeah, it was my Jesus. first. Jesus, so intimidating. It was so. Weird. If they weren't such freaks, I'd invite them back to be my chorus. So they had <laughs> yeah. impeccable timing. Yeah, um, great timing. But honestly, wow. Wow. It was yeah. Nuts. Um, that's, that's crazy. Rad. And um, I was gonna say, um, finally. Can you talk about any upcoming projects that you have? And I know that you mentioned about the advocacy work that you're doing with abortion yes. rights in the UK. Yeah, what's what's coming up for you? What's next for you? Yes, uh, so I would just say follow Abortion Rights UK online yeah. on their Twitter and Instagram, which is at abortion rights underscore AR for mm-hmm. their Insta. They recently got hacked, so they've oh, had to start no. up a whole new account. So there are two currently floating around, follow either, but they're just trying to move their account onto this other um, page now where they feel like they're not going to get basically pro-lifers just again trying to come and ruin everyone's everyone's good times um or <laughs> activism or whatever yeah. they're just horrible i get i've got i get so much hate now from pro-lifers Do you? i genuinely well, on your instagram and stuff on my instagram like they got really? trolled through all of my photos they literally there's there's a quote that i use in my poster and it says um like she's deranged we must pray for her poor demented soul <laughs> and i'm like oh that's going on my poster i love it poor demented uh, soul oh no, it's great wow so, that's another great episode title i'm just spoiled for <laughs> choice in this one what was the other one yeah, something tory something- oh tory sadist tory sadist <laughs> so funny Oh, Lily, thank you so, so much for jumping on the podcast. This has been so so fun and also very informative, which I love. I love to learn. So thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome, babe. I hope you enjoyed my chat with the wonderful Lily. Please let me know on my Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, wherever, if you've got any thoughts or stories of your own to share. And feel free to submit questions through my website as well. I will always answer them and I'll always try and come back to you. See you next week. Peace.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.